Welcome to the Redeem Evangelical Mission Tram Atlanta. This is a place where we gather together in quality praise and worship of the true and living God. Equipped with the world of God for growth and fellowship with one another. God bless you as you listen to this message. Papa, Father, we worship, honor, and bless you this morning. We magnify and glorify you. We thank you for the privilege of being called, of being champicked, of being chosen as a son, as a heir and joint heir with the Lord. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for the finished work of Christ. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost, the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We bless and worship you. And so this morning I step aside, Holy Spirit, I ask you to take your place. And I ask you to wear me as your hand glove and express yourself freely through me. Bring every ear and every heart and every spirit under the sound of my voice to you. Encounter all. Let the yokes be destroyed. Let the saints be established and be strengthened. Let the sick be healed. Let the of captivity delivered. In the name of Jesus, let the unsaved be saved. And we return all glory, honor, and praise to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Good morning, all. And I want to welcome you to this wonderful service this morning. Praise the Lord. Somebody say with me, be on God. Somebody say with me, be on God. Glory to God. We are living in, in the last day of the last days. We are living in the last day of the last days. This is a time known as injury time. When hard earned price, if care is not taken, is lost. Apostle Peter, a veteran who knew the tricks of the enemy very well, is warning us to be on guard so that we will not fall from our own steadfastness when we are carried away by the errors of the wicked. He's warning us so that we will not fall from our own steadfastness when we are carried away by the errors of the wicked. It means you have been there steadfast but because of the error of the wicked there you fall from there. That is not our portion in the name of Jesus. Hence he said be on God. Somebody said be on God. Can you give me the First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58? Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, admonished them also to be steadfast. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, New Living Translation, please. Be steadfast. So, my dear brothers and sisters, 
Be strong and immovable. Always walk enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. This New Living Translation is telling us how strong the world steadfast is. He gave us two words. Be strong, immovable. To be steadfast. Be strong and what? Immovable. Never allow anything to sway you, to derail you, or to distract you. There is a word there, enthusiastically. It has to do with passion. Praise God. It has to do with zest. Enthusiastically. Let's go to our test, Second Peter chapter 3, from verse number 1. Second Peter chapter 3 from verse number 1. We'll read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Thank you. Beloved, I now write to you this second episode in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. I write to you this second episode. If you notice that Paul, Peter is talking to Christians, believers, children of God, praise God. It's a reminder of what he has told them before. What were those things? He said this second episode is to remind us to stir up your pure mind. He doesn't want our mind to be polluted. And that's what the Bible told us in the book of Proverbs. You should guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. To guard, to protect, to secure. Verse 2, that you may be mindful. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. And of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Be mindful that this thing should be in you, in your heart, in your mind. Be consumed with this. Don't let go. That you should remember these words have been spoken concerning the time and the season we are in. Be mindful of this world. Verse 3. We're going to stay on this chapter for a long time. Knowing this force, why is he telling them to be mindful? Knowing this force that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own laws. Scoffers, mockers, those that mock the word of God, those that mock God, is called the scoffers. Scoffers will come in the last day, saying, where is the promise of his coming? All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They will make you say he's coming back. He says Jesus is coming. But where are the promises? Where is he coming? 
mockingly. I don't know the area of your life that the enemy is mocking you. And mocking the word of God. Mocking your faith. Mocking your trust in God. Hear me and hear me clearly. That is a sign and a reason that God is about to reveal himself in your life. So Paul and Peter telling us, be steadfast. Somebody say, be steadfast. God, your steadfastness, your walk with God, your trust, your belief. And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Since the fathers died, everything is the same. For this, they willfully forget. Willfully. Intentionally. Purposefully. They willfully forget. It was an intentional act to forget. They determined to forget. But the fact that they determined to forget does not make it right. For this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And the earth standing out of water in the water. Six. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Paul Peter is telling them, this mockers, discovers that is mocking the word of God, are mocking God, mocking your service. He said, they forget that the word of God, whatever you are seeing today, came to exist by the word of God. And this same word of God is what is upholding all things. The sky, the heavens, where are the, the pillar that is holding them? Now, can you show me the foundation of the earth? Everything we are seeing is being upheld by the word of God. Hebrew told us. The same word of God that kept, that preserved. He said they, they, they forgot. He here is referring to the time of Noah. What happened in the time of Noah? We're going to pause there, but I will continue. This verse 6. By which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. This very verse of the scripture is telling us of what happened in the time of Noah when God destroyed the damn world with water. What made God to destroy the world with water? Something happened. Because Genesis told us that when God had created, he looked and he said everything he made was very good. Right? Genesis chapter 1. The question now is what was the world in the time of Noah like that made God to destroy it with water? Moreover, Jesus also said as it was in the time of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. 
Can you give me Luke chapter 17 verse 26? Luke 17 26. This is the word of Jesus. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Then the question now is, how was the day of Noah was? What was the day of Noah like? The days of Noah. What was happening then? Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. Let's take a peep into the days of Noah. What was happening? Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. This is one of the things in the day of Noah. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Underline. The wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Underline. Only evil continually. This was what cascaded the whole earth in the days of Noah. Wickedness of man and their evil, their intent, their plan, their thought, their dream, their vision, is evil continually. Paul warning Timothy. In Second Timothy, say he told Timothy that in the last day, perilous time, time so so difficult to live shall come. Not shall come because we are in need. We are in need. We started by telling us that we are in the last day of the last days. Perilous times. Times so difficult. Times so hard to live. Daily beloved. The thing, one thing that was paramount in the days of Noah was the wickedness of man. The intent of their heart was evil continually. Take a look around the whole nations of the United States and the world. Can you see wickedness in full display? Without hidden. The wickedness of man that is virtually everywhere with impunity in our day to day is a great sign of the soon coming of the Lord to judge this world, to destroy it. Number one thing that was paramount in the time of Noah, that was in existence, that was common, was what? The wickedness of man. And you look around you and you see wickedness everywhere. Killing and the, this early morning, I was in my study and I, I began to hear the spray of bullets. I didn't tell you. The spray of bullets are between two and three. The, 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 the gun was singing. This one, I believe, is a submachine gun, it's not a pistol. And look at what is happening around us. When Jesus said, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be. 
The first sign is the wickedness of man. And if you are a child of God, that is why he said, be on God. He said, be steadfast so that you will not fall from your own steadfastness. That's why you have to be on God. Number two thing that was common, that was present in the day of Noah. Can you give me Genesis chapter 6 verse 8? In the day of Noah, was was present, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Yes, man of God, is this not uh, confusing? Is this not contradictory? Thank you. Wickedness of man, the intent of their heart was evil continually. In the midst of it, there was grace. Praise the grace available. Just like Noah, the grace of God is abundantly released to us today to enjoy without any limitations. We are in the era and the season of grace. Grace is available to us today. I always tell us that the darker the night, the brighter the light. We must take advantage of God's grace that is available because it's not going to be here forever. Noah was warning them, change your ways. To repent means to change, to turn around. Change your way. Flood is coming. Flood is coming. He said, Who, this old crazy man, they have not seen rain in their time. Rain have never fallen. And you are telling us flood is coming. Where is the flood coming from when rain has never fallen? The day we are living in, this is the era of the Holy Ghost. The time, the era of grace of God. The grace of God is abundantly released and poured out to us to enjoy. We must take advantage of God's grace because this is not going to be forever. It has a window of the grace of God. Before the the window is shut, the moment the grace of God is lifted, this window is shut, the next thing is the wrath of God. The wrath of God. The abundance of grace is a message to us of the urgency in the spirit to rescue the lost. The urgency in the spirit to rescue the lost. But today, many of us, we don't care about even members of our family that are not yet saved. The grace of God is not given to us for us to feel good. The grace of God is not given to us for us to have fun. The grace of God is a sign of urgency in the spirit to rescue the lost. Urgency. Urgency. The grace of God is letting us to know, to zero in to that which is very important to God. The priority of God. 
God's own heartbeat, which is souls. God's grace. Available. This grace is released to us before the destruction that is coming upon this earth. Number three thing that was in existence in the time of Noah. Number three thing. Give me Luke chapter 17, 27 to 28. Look at Jesus. Jesus said, they ate They ate, they drank, they married. The married wives, they were given in marriages until the day that Noah entered the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. You see that? The partying, the pleasure of life is all what is happening today? The same thing that was in the time of Noah. This was the thing. Jesus said, as it was in the time of Noah. Many were spiritually dead. And today, so many are spiritually dead. Even they come to church. They are not spiritually alive. They are spiritually sleeping. They are not awake. Remember the urgency in the spirit. They were carried away with their pleasures, satisfying their own desire. Not the desire of God, not the need of God. And they were consumed with this until Noah enter the ark. Then the flood. And the Bible says, when Noah entered, God shut the door. Just like the ten virgins. Ten virgins, they were waiting for the Lord, the master, right? For the Lord to come. The Bible says, five were wise and five were foolish. The wise ones were those that understand the urgency in the spirit and they were going after the heart and the desire of the master. They were spiritually alive. They were not spiritually dead. They were spiritually awake. They were not spiritually asleep. The foolish ones was any, anything goes until it closed in on them. And it was too late. May it not be too late for any of us. In the name of Jesus. I always tell us here. That salvation is personal. It's not hereditary. And it is not transferable. When the alarm was sound, sounded. The, they turned to their friends. The foolish one turned to the wise man. Can you help us? Give us oil. Our light is going off. He said, no, we can't. 
go and get yours. Salvation is not transferable. It's not hereditary. Now look at Jesus continued. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Not knowing all this thing happened Go to verse 28, 29, I beg your pardon. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. It's sudden, sudden destruction. Dearly beloved, we have to know, and that's why Paul, Peter was writing to us, that we should be on guard, so that we will not fall from our steadfastness. Be on guard. Today, the pleasures of life, the lures of materialism, is the order of the day. Including the church. Pleasures of life. Lay up materialism. People can do anything for material gain. I was sharing with my wife and I forwarded this message to a couple of friends. That sent me this message yesterday. A father, a father, a so-called father, because three fathers will not do what he did. A father took her child to the herbalist, the native doctor, the occult, the ritualist, to kill the daughter. To be wealthy. Thank God. Someone said God can use anyone. God touched the heart of that ritualist. That herbalist. To save the life of that girl. Put her away. And call the police on the father. Barely naked. Sitting down. He was expecting to use the blood and everything as they do. The lure of wealth, materialism. The lure of materialism. People do anything for money. People are not grateful. People are full of greediness. And they said that this guy that did this is living abroad. Whereas many are suffering in Africa where he came from. But God gave him opportunity. He was not grateful to God. Dearly beloved, the laws of materialism is the order of the day, including the church. And so many are distracted from the real thing. The priority of God 
the heartbeat of God, that is souls. Souls. Because Second Peter 3 verse 9. Second Peter 3 verse 9. Look at it. Second Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Slack there means slow. God is not slow concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but it's long-suffering. Long-suffering there means patient. He's patient. Noah built the ark for how many years? 120 years. 120 years. Waiting for the people to be saved. Waiting for them to repent. Waiting for them to change. They never changed. Until Noah and his family entered inside into the ark and God shut the door. Today, the grace of God is available to everyone. Jesus Christ has paid, fully paid for your sin so that you will no more go to hell. He has paid the penalty of sin. He has died your death. But if you reject the sacrifice of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the gift of God to you, you have chosen hell forever. If you reject the love of God, which means you have chosen the wrath of God. Because the wrath of God is meant for those that reject his love. Jesus Christ. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. But is long-suffering to us or not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you see that? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should repent. Give me the uh, TPT of, of, you know, this verse, the nine TPT. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. Do you see that? He's not late. He has his own schedule. As some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience towards you because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Do you see that? So the, the scoffers, the mockers, they say, you say, you have been saying, you have been singing that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But why, where is, what is happening? Things are moving. You wake up in the morning. You sleep in the night. The sun rises in the morning and the sun sets in the evening. So the things are going on. I breathe in oxygen. I breathe in carbon dioxide. I'm flying around the, uh, the globe, enjoying my yards, cruising everywhere. The delay, in quote, is because of his love for you. When the door is shut, you cannot stand the wrath of God. Because God does not want anyone to go to hell. That is why he gave Jesus to die for you. But if you miss this 
window of grace that is released. There was grace available in the midst of wickedness in the time of Noah. In the midst of wickedness in the time of Loth. We read it. They, re- re- they rejected the grace of God. And what happened? They were all consumed. May we not miss our day of visitation in the name of Jesus. So God was patiently waiting for everyone to be saved. To be saved. Because he doesn't want anyone to be what? Destroyed. Apostle Peter in conclusion warned us can we go to verse 17 of that second Peter chapter 3? Look at Apostle Peter warning us. Verse 17. As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things, be careful that you are not led astray by the error of the lawless and loose you are firm grip on the truth. Give me King, New King James Version of that same verse. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, what are the things they know beforehand? Give me beforehand. Beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. This is where we pull our our team, our our, t- our t- topic from. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware, lest you also fall from your own steadfastness. Beware, that means be on guard. Be on guard. So that you will not fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. New Living Translation says, be on guard. Praise God. What was he saying that you have known? Give me from verse 10. Verse 10. From verse 10 of the same chapter. Verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the workers, the works that I need will be burnt up. He told them about the time of Noah and Lot, right? Noah, God destroyed the world with water. Then, from verse 7, he said, This earth that is now remained is preserved, reserved for fire. And I say that when that time comes, everything will be consumed, burnt up. The, everything in it. Everything. Everything means what? But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Because you don't know the day, you don't know the hour. That's why you have to be on guard. That's why you have to, have to be consistent. You have to be steadfast. Because you don't know the day. You don't know the time. You know, don't, don't know the hour he's coming. The 
ten virgins, they were waiting. Never knew when he was coming. Our job is to be fervent, to be steadfast. That's why we started by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Be enthusiastic in your walk with God for knowing that your labor in the Lord is not useless. It's not in vain. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will met with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. The earth and the works that are in it Everything consumed, whatever you are seeing, or the real estate, everything is consumed. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Since everything you are seeing is going to be dissolved, consumed, erased out of existence, what type of man are you supposed to be? I must focus my mind, my attention on that which cannot be destroyed. My relationship with God, my intimacy with God. That is why I say be enthusiastic. My commitment, my faithfulness to God. Because soon, the real estate, the volume of financial portfolio, and the volume of certificate will be useless. Everything consumed and dissolved. The money, tons of money in the bank will be gone. So what do you do? Look at Steve Job. Labor to build up apple. Right? Labor to build apple. Did he go with apple? He died. And Apple is a trillion dollar business. But it's not here. I have been telling us the only thing that is yours, the only thing that will leave this earth with you is your relationship with God and what you do for God. What you do for the kingdom of God is the only thing that will live with you. If you like, own the whole of Georgia and the entire southeast together. When you die, none is living with you. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Since all this, which is affirmative, there's no doubt. It's not either no. This is an affirmation that everything you are, you are, we are seeing, that thing that is taking you away from God, that is taking you away from church, that is taking you away from committing to God, living for God, you say it is going to be non-existence. No wonder Jesus was speaking to us in Matthew chapter 6. He says, lay not up your treasure here on earth 
where wrath will destroy, where fire will destroy, where thieves will break in and steal. He said, but lay your treasure up in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart is. If your treasure is in heaven, your heart will be in heaven. You will be kingdom minded in every action you do. It will be about what? Kingdom. Kingdom, the work of God. Your relationship with God. God will be the number one. God will be the priority. God does not want us to labor in vain. The maximum you live on earth is 120, according to the Bible. And if you live 120 years, you make all the money on earth. And you invest, buy the whole islands, buy the whole nations. And yet, you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And you don't have any investment in heaven. You will die the most miserable pauper. I was preaching in, in Maryland one year. As I was preaching the Holy Ghost, I had it clearly in my, in my ear. Loud! He says, son, so many that come to church, the account in heaven is on the red. He said, it, it's not bad that the account is red in heaven. He said, it, it is bad because they are not concerned about it. They are not even doing anything about it. Because... Children of God, if you've given, made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, we will have the judgment of reward. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly with my reward in my hand to reward every man according to his work shall be. So if there's not going to be any reward, he wouldn't tell us to be kingdom-minded. You wouldn't. You will be satisfied. Oh, I thank God I barely made it to heaven. No. Because he sacrificed for you to be saved. So what are you sacrificing for him? If you truly appreciate the work he did for you, because there is no righteousness that you personally have or religious sacrifice you make that can save you. So if you appreciate, you recognize the magnitude of what he had done for you in response, in response, in appreciation to what he did, you will go out all the way for him. Dearly beloved, Paul, Peter, rounding it up. Admonish us to grow in the grace of God. To grow in grace. What enables us to be on God is to grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Second Peter chapter 3. 
But grow in the grace of God. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Hallelujah. Can I have that in TPT, please? TPT, Second Peter 3.18. Second Peter 3.18. Then we will pray. But continue to grow and increase in God's grace. Do you see that? Consistency. That's why I say, you say, beware that you will not fall from your own steadfastness. You have to be consistent. Beware. Be on guard. But continue to grow and increase in God's face. In God's grace. In God's grace. And intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what caught me when I read it. You grow in the grace of God and in intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You make him your priority. You make him your pursuit. You make him your drive. Never allow anyone to derail or distract you. May he receive all the glory both now and, for, and until the day eternity begins. Amen. The question is, how do we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ? The simple answer to grow in the grace of God is by feeding on the word of God. Spending time in and with the word of God. Praise God. That is why. In the same uh, TPT. Chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse 2 told us. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 told us. In the same way. That nursing infants. Cry for milk. You must intensely crave for the pure spiritual milk of God's word. In the same way that nursing infants, when a child, a baby is hungry, nothing, you yourself will not be comfortable in the house. Right? Until that baby is fed. He said that drive, that craving, that passion for food, to be satisfied, we should have that drive, that passion, intensely crave for the pure spiritual make of God's word. For this make will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. This is it, my brother. This is it, my sister. When we do that, we are on guard so that we will not allow the enemy to make us fall from our steadfastness. I wanted to talk to God this morning if you have been blessed. Help me to be on God. Help me to intensely grieve for the world. Help me to maintain intimacy with Jesus. Create a great passion for Jesus. Great drive for Jesus. 
great zest for him to please him, to do his will, to know him more intimately, to know him better. Because the day we are living in are evil. And that is why you cannot survive outside Jesus. That's why he sent me to you today to let you know he has paid it all. The beginning of being on God is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You recognize you cannot exist, you cannot survive um, or outside him. He loves you, he cares for you. He has already died and paid the price. Why not receive him now? I want you to say this prayer with all your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me by giving your son Jesus to die for me. Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I will live for you. Help me to run this race to the end. Help me to intensely crave for the world. To to be your to be, to make you my pursuit in life, in the name of Jesus. If you have made this prayer with all your heart, congratulations, welcome, 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 welcome to the family of God. Welcome, and let's take it further. I want you to go to your smartphone or your tablet and download the Bible, the Bible with God's roadmap to your destiny, and make good friend with your Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's the fruit of the spirit to feed and be matured. Then go to any Bible-believing church. Tell the pastor I sent you. And if you're here in another church, the United States, I make bold to invite you to tram Atlanta God's Embassy's Manor. Zip code 30080. We are at 1611-1611 Roswell Street's Manor. Georgia. Thank you for listening to another message. God's blessing be with you now and forever. For counseling, email trem at tremusa.org. Remain blessed.